Welcome to the 6AM Run Podcast. My name is Mark Paisant. I'm an avid runner, a certified personal trainer, a 6AM Run ambassador, and host of the show. Be sure to head over to the website, 6AMRun.com, to sign up today to get 20% off of your first order. Now, let's start the show. Hello, welcome to another episode of the 6am Run Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Paisant. Always a pleasure to have you as a part of the show. If you're watching the video or if this is a reel or whatever, I apologize about my lighting. I cannot get it right, but we, uh, we move on. That'll work for right now. So sorry about that, everybody. Before we get started with a great guest, this is actually my second guest, I think the first on this show from Australia, but my second person I have, I had a conversation with from Australia, so it is um, nine o'clock where I'm at outside of Atlanta, Georgia, which I'm assuming where she is, it's probably 2017. I have no idea how time zones work, but we will move on. Before we get started, as always, this show is brought to you by 6AM Run, 6AMRun.com. Head over to that website to sign up to get 20% off of your first order. Also, go check out the new apparel. Hami is dropping. I think you'll like it. Very sleek. I think it looks pretty cool. I might grab some myself. So we have Cheryl Carroll on the show. Yes, you heard that correct. S-H-E-R-Y-L is how you spell her first name. Cheryl, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself for our audience? Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I am actually South African, a South African living in Australia. Uh, You might hear my yas, which is the telltale sign of that I'm still deeply South African. And yes, I'm super excited to be here. So I am an ex-chartered accountant turned integrative health practitioner. And this is what I've been doing full time for the last three and a bit years. And yeah, very, very excited to dive into all things holistic health. Because I know it's people who are interested in exercise. This is really, you know, really the broad view of what health means. Yes, and uh, because you're South African, I'm assume that everyone just asks you if you know Char- uh, Charlize Theron. I mean, everybody has to ask you if you know her personally because she is one of the most <laughs> famous South Africans. But um, very bad joke on my end. But we're going to get started here because I have a lot to talk to Cheryl about, um, and the work that she's doing now. Is, is because of some past experiences, some, some things that she's learned about herself, especially when she went off to, um, as they say in the rest of the world, university, we call it college here. University is probably a better word for it. But uh, not to dig too deep into your past, kind of talk to us about what your experience was that kind of got you in this moment when you look back at your time when you were younger going to school. So the, the real catalyst to me thinking about 
my understanding of health because I was always somebody who was labeled the healthy one because I was the one who was eating salads and fruit when everybody was eating, uh, I don't know, baked goods and chocolates. So really, so it was probably the most pivotal thing that's happened in my life to date, which was when I was uh, six months pregnant with my daughter, my best friend here in Australia was diagnosed with bowel cancer and she passed away three months later when my daughter was six weeks old. And this friend and I were the ones who were healthy. We were always the ones, we did our chartered accountancy training together and we traveled around the world together and we we're always the ones getting up early before work, going to the gym, sussing out the salad bars when we were traveling, backpacking around the US. And it really shook me because here I was somebody who was supposedly healthy like her and I'd just given birth to a baby and I was responsible for the health and well-being of this baby and my new little family unit. So you can imagine that I was fully filled with fear, with thinking, okay, if this can happen to her, it could happen to me, it could happen to anyone in my family. And I started to question my understanding of, of health and what health actually means. And through this, I was like, I, I need to do something to empower myself so that I'm not like just being driven by fear in this space. So kind of fast forward, I when I was pregnant with my son, I said to my husband, when I'm on maternity leave, I really want to do some studying around nutrition because my heart was like, I feel like there's something in nutrition that I just need to confirm that what I'm feeling in my family is the right, is the right thing. So went on maternity leave with my son and then I um, signed up for the Institute of Integrative Nutrition Health Coaching Certification and that was amazing because it gave me this really broad view of what um, health meant. So it's not just nutrition, it's you know emotional health, it's stress, it's all of the things as well and of course exercise in that as well. Um, but that was very generalist and through that I started to follow a doctor based in the US called Stephen Cabral. And he, he's a naturopathic doctor and he brings together functional medicine, naturopathic medicine, Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine. And he actually created this health coaching certification, which is all around getting to the root cause of disease in our body. And I was like the first intake of that certification because that was what resonated with me. You know, my training for through all the years as an accountant, as an auditor, is all around getting to the root cause of issues. So I'm like, this makes so much sense to me. And I started to piece together the puzzle of my friend. I'm like, okay, these things don't just happen by chance. There are things through whether it's unresolved emotions or whether it's you know and um a poor relationship with food uh, whether it's gut issues like these are the things that are contributing to things like cancer in the body to uh, dementia all of these different things so through the studying I felt very very empowered to then be able to move the health of my family forward and I absolutely love the coaching side of things to be able to help people 
get there. So when I was working in banking, I was doing this, the studies part-time and, and then I, sorry, not studies, actually doing the coaching part-time and, you know, I just, I got to a point in time. I'm like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with the bank. Like this is, this is my, my purpose and this is what I want to do. And that's when I kind of transitioned full-time into it in right in the middle of the pandemic, December, 2020, but anyway, I did it. <laughs> And so I have to get used to that because every mo- most of the stories or experience I hear now, there's always a part in it where it says you know, before the pandemic, during the pandemic, after the pandemic. So I have to get used to that being a part of our vernacular now because that is that, you know, a lot of people decided in that time that they wanted to to, to do something different or try something different at least. And to the listeners out there, if her story sounds familiar, yes, Hami, who started 6 a.m. Run, he came from banking and he got out of banking to do the nutrition oh. part of it, too. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, and I say that my, my father was an accountant for 30 some odd years. And I know that how that brain works where you try to get <laughs> someone shows you something you're like, OK, let me work backwards to figure out yes. where. Yes. Yeah. So I, I love that. And I love how you bring it in to uh, nutrition and coaching. But I also love this because there's always that polarizing sentiment when it comes to medicine and treating disease and getting healthy where you have one side where it's like doctors are there for a reason, pharmaceuticals there for a reason, and usually have another side. They're like, no, they're not getting to the root cause of it. They just want to keep you on pills. But it seems like what you're doing and what you've been coached to do and what you try to coach is kind of bring everything together and say, listen, we can learn from each part of the health industry, each part of the nutrition industry, and kind of take bits and pieces and learn to to kind of heal each other and help each other as a whole. Am I correct when I say that? Exactly, because it's not, you know, and so, so there could be one person who's struggling with X condition and another person who's struggling with exactly the same condition, but the reasons why they've gotten there could be totally different so the way you approach it it's it's always going to be bio individual and you know and I think having this divide between you know absolutely no pharmaceuticals and you have to go like these I I don't like any of the absolutes mm-hmm. I like there to be a very considered approach and also understanding the person's needs because they may have a feeling that in their belief structure that pharmaceuticals are very important and they this is a part of their journey. And if I'm going to be absolute, like, no, you need to be off the pharmaceuticals, then I'm missing an opportunity to coach somebody to be better. Like my whole thing is around meeting somebody where they're at and then coaching them to feel better and then opening their eyes to the possibility of change in an area that may not necessarily be aligning to what actually their goals are. And I I love that. I think you're absolutely right. I I think people, um, and I I don't like to generalize, I've said that before, but I think it is a true generalization and that people a lot of times see health as a zero-sum game. They see it as, okay, I have to get on this restrictive diet. I have to exercise all the time. I have to cut out all these foods that I love. I have to... Uh, take, you know, I have, to, I have to, have to, have to, or this is going to happen where the coaching that you're doing 
And I love the fact that you said, I, I meet people where they are, because that's something, because we can't go back in time. Like you can't meet somebody five years ago and say, okay, now we're going to start here. You have to kind of meet them where they are because you want to assist them in kind of not, you know, getting on a different train, but kind of just moving the trajectory of the train they're on just so they can start to see those, those goals manifest. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. And some people are absolutely gung-ho and are ready to do all the things, are ready to slam into that restrictive diet that they need to bring down the inflammation, whereas others see that potentially they've had a disordered relationship with eating. And so talking about dietary restriction is super triggering for them. So for them, you've got to start somewhere else to give them the confidence to get them starting to feel better and then later on you can introduce things like that in a way that feels right or doable for them and it's it really is like my whole message behind what I do is it's got to be slow and steady because if you try and do too much like motivation is high at the beginning of any journey whether it's you know body transformation whether it's getting to the root cause of an autoimmune disorder motivation is high so it's like yes let's do all the things and then three weeks later it's like oh my gosh like don't give me another portion of kale <laughs> yeah no I, I i know that feeling and um i i kind of you know, I kind of want to back up a little bit because you've been talking about how, you know, you've been working with people and meet them at a certain spot. But when you like your journey, you said and you've, you've written this before is that you were and this was in air quotes. You were the, the healthy person. You were the healthy girl. You were the eating salads and, and you thought everything was right. But through this process, through this process, like what what were some things you can look back that you felt you were doing correctly that possibly weren't the best for you that that you can at least say right now so someone might be on that same journey that same trajectory right now they may be that 17 18 night or they might be that 30 year old 40 year old that person that that you know they they don't get regular checkups so they have no idea what their resting heart rate is they have no idea what their blood pressure they have no idea what their blood sugar but every day they're eating a salad but they're caking it with ranch or every day they're staying uh, yeah. sedentary and, and and they're they're sitting at a desk all day what are things that you can look back on and say I thought I was doing it right but maybe I wasn't so I say so when I was at school I was always super skinny could eat what I wanted and that all changed when I went to university and I went on the pill and I um was eating like I've got this on my website as well. I was eating like peanut butter and jam for dinner, drinking up a storm. And all of a sudden I started to put on weight weight and I felt very, very uncomfortable and just disconnected to my body. And I'm like, okay, so how do I fix this? I exercise and I restrict what I eat. And that was my beginning of the journey of being the healthy one. But actually, I was completely, I was way too skinny. I was exercising too much. And I wasn't putting the right nutrition into my body that was trying to work hard, party hard, get the good grades, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, I look back, I 
excelled at university and I've got no idea how, given I really wasn't nourishing my body very well at all. Um, so that was really where things started. And for me, the biggest sign that I was unhealthy was the fact that I didn't have a period. So my period stopped when I lost so much weight and I got into marathon running. Um, particularly, I kind of stepped things up a notch when I moved to London by getting into marathons, etc. And it was just too much for my body. So as a woman, particularly in your reproductive years, having a regular healthy cycle is one of our vital signs. And mine was gone. And I was celebrating in the fact that I didn't have a period because it was easy. I didn't have any of these things that were interrupting my life. And that to me was just a sign of how disconnected I was to my body, even though I was the healthy one. Mm. You know, I was completely, I was probably too focused on what I was eating and exercising way, way, way too much. So such that my body was like, okay, you are not healthy enough to carry a baby. Mm -hmm. So that to me was just, these are just warning signs. And I think for any woman who's in her reproductive years, having a healthy cycle, so one that isn't riddled with pain and super heavy bleeding and stops you from doing your everyday activities, like that's not normal. Maybe like the odd day, you may be a bit grumpy and a little bit of pain, but not that it stops your everyday life and not that you don't have a regular cycles. So I think that's a like an alarm bell for somebody to start challenging their status quo. And when in in do you remember when you actually got on the pill? Did anybody explain how your hormones may react on the pill or is that something you kind of just just figured out or found out on your own? Oh goodness, no. I went I mean I went to the university clinic. And just said, I think it's time for me to go on birth control. So I went on, I went on the super high strength um, birth control, and I was just crying all the time. It was terrible. So then I took myself off it, tried to go on other ones. No, there was very, very little information around birth control, the impact that it has. Like I think now, young girls are have so much more information at their fingertips around the negative side effects of birth control, what the different options are, and so that they can make more of an informed decision. And I think the more, you know, us who are in the older generations can just educate ourselves and share that message down, the more empowered our young girls can be and the more they can feel connected to their own bodies because like what I'm learning now and something that I didn't have was this connection. It's like a superpower for women, you know, like you can really tap into your intuition. Um, there's different stages of the, the month that you are more primed for different activities. And I didn't have that for 10 years. And I think when young women go on birth control within the first five years, like when they've hit puberty, you know, so maybe even for your young, young girls, you know, if they had, really problematic periods in the beginning they just get put on birth control but actually the first five years is when their body is settling into the natural healthy rhythm for themselves it's it's puberty it's meant to be a little bit up and down 
and these young girls get given birth control so their body isn't even able to like learn how to adapt to the hormones that are now present in their body so yeah i think it's just really thinking about that and that is first of all i'm 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 not surprised but i i i that just seems so weird to me that because I'm a man, I, I try to be empathetic. But in cases like this, I, I, I don't have the ability to be empathetic because I cannot put myself in your shoes being given a pill that literally changes the kind of infrastructure of your body and your hormones and then just like leave it. And it's like leaving the place. And Do you like, know, it's okay. called it's 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 chemical castration. Yeah. So it's like disconnecting brain and ovaries yeah that is t- i can't even imagine uh having to to and literally like, that's not hyperbole i can't imagine that it's just it's 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 crazy to me um and i'm glad that women have more um information at their fingertips right now but um and that's definitely great information to have on the first few years of, of puberty and um one thing i do know is um that birth control pill and and other birth control methods is a very easy answer for doctors and and to give to women. Like I've I've witnessed it with my own wife and and how she's gone in for certain procedures or certain questions and let's just put you on the pill. It's like, well, I know I I don't want to be on it. Like I, I got off it for yeah. a reason because she was up and down. But um, but I do want to ask now that. Now you, you have the knowledge that you have. Now you've made that switch over from the accounting world to the health and fitness world and coaching and, and uh, health practitioner world. Um, someone listening, you know, may say, listen, I, I, I know I, I, I drink enough water. I stay hydrated. I get plenty of quality sleep. I, I, I feel I do well with stress and I, I stay active and you know, but I just, I, I don't believe when people tell me that I don't have to restrict my diet. I'm, I'm simply not going to eat the carbs. I'm going to stay high protein. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have fun with my food. I'm just going to have, be really restrictive to that person. Um, what are they missing out on? What is something that you would help them with? Because there's still plenty of people who get into that diet mindset and, and I'm going to tell you why I'm asking you this question because there's a specific reason I'm asking you this question. Rarely do people get on in a fitness journey or in a nutrition journey and think about sustainability. They don't think about the end game. They don't think about how do I get to a certain place and maintain it. They just think about getting to that place. So that's why they restrict. That's why they, just like you, that's why they run all the time or go to the gym all the time. You know, to that person who who wants to restrict, how can you help them find that balance between being healthy, staying active, but also enjoying life? Because that's at the end of the day, that's what we all want to do. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the most important thing is really for somebody to have very clear goals in kind of all areas of life. And it's not just going to be health you know there's also business goals there are also relationship goals so you know so when I work with somebody it's not just about okay so you want to hit this um you want to hit this weight loss goal 
Okay, great, but why? Why is that so important? There's always something deeper than just that aesthetic goal. So, you know, and to your point, like once you hit that, well, then what? Like your health journey is over? No, it's, it's a journey. It's, it's forever. There are always places for you to go to. And I think for somebody like that, perhaps the restrictive way of eating is necessary for them to achieve this one particular goal. Like perhaps they need to be drastically bringing down the inflammation in their body because that's one of the reasons why their body's holding on to extra weight. So we kind of, it's almost like periodizing your training, right? So like, okay, so this is going to be the goal that we're working towards now. And once you've achieved that, well, then what is the next step? Because nobody should have to restrict their eating the whole time. Because restrictive ways of eating, to your point, are not sustainable. And also when you're excluding whole food groups, um, it's not, it, it's, that's not the ways that our body were designed to, to eat. Like it's, it's really a healthy body should be eating in a balanced way. You should be able to consume the odd, if you want to, the odd piece of cake without going into like a binge of cake. You know, so if, if the reason you are restricting cake, for example, is because if you know you have one bite, you go on like a three-week binge, then that's what needs to be addressed as the issue. So I think it's, sorry, there's no, it's quite difficult to answer that question, but I think it's really understanding the why behind somebody's goals, but then also having this bigger picture of, so what does your life look like in five years' time when it comes to uh, your health, your relationships, because your goal for three months time should really just be a stepping stone to that, you know, to that five-year vision of what you're wanting to create. Yeah. It's not, it's not the cake. Like it's not the cake. The cake is not eating itself. Like the cake is not eating itself. And, um, it, for me, the, it would be gummy bears and Oreos. So that's why I do my best to stay away from those two things because I've never met a bag of gummy bears that I can't finish in one sitting. So yeah, that's, uh, that's me. And coming from a person who was absolutely addicted to food, like I know I had that thought in my head that, okay, I can exercise and then I can go eat and keep eating and keep eating. And then it's like, well, why to exercise? And, and I had to, I had to have a a deep conversation with myself about my relationship with food and so you were uh, eating anything you were eating anything so it wasn't like you were eating in a way to like fuel your exercise or build muscle it was more just i'm just filling this massive insatiable hole in my stomach uh, yes and i i'm 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 sure i've 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 talked about this um ad nauseum on the show but you know it was it was times where I would have entire meals at restaurants, come home with leftovers, and then finish those before I went to bed. Just because I get bored, I wasn't doing anything, couldn't sleep. So, and I now looking back, I couldn't sleep because my body was literally trying to <laughs> digest, digest all that food. My body is working overtime, and uh, of course, I didn't know it at the time. 
I'm not that person anymore. I swear I'm, I'm good now. Um, but so I, I wanted to move on to kind of the work that you do because I see, um, see your website. Do, and, do you mind if I just close, do you mind course, if I just close the course. loop on, on that, go, on go that ahead. point? Yes, please. Yes. Uh, because I think you've raised a very, very good point in that so often people know exactly what they should be doing. Like you knew you shouldn't eat mm-hmm. that extra yeah. plate of food, but actually it's this, it's our habits and behaviors that are the things that are the most difficult to break because we eat and our society and the way we've been brought up, you know, through our parents, etc. who there is a lot of reward that's associated with food. Yes. So, you know, yes. your, your kid um, comes first in, I don't know, a poetry competition. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, let's go celebrate with ice cream mm-hmm. or your child is sad about something. Like, okay, let me, let me make you, you know, a cup of tea with a cookie. Mm-hmm. So this is how we have been taught to either celebrate or soothe. And so as adults, there hasn't, we, we very often lack the ability to process these emotions or detach from the ways that we've been taught to either celebrate or soothe. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to recognizing the habits and behaviors that no longer serve you, it's about like identifying what those are and then like replacing those habits with something that's going to help you to whether it's a celebration or whether it's, you know, for you, it was boredom. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what's another activity that you could do that's going to fill that bored feeling that you have, or maybe it's about making you comfortable being bored mm-hmm. because we live in this very overstimulated environment. So like a lot, a lot, a lot of the work that I do with my um, female clients is like trying to break this emotional attachment to food that's mm-hmm. no longer serving them. And actually wine as well, yeah. food and wine. You had to bring the wine into it, didn't you? You had, had, to, bring you had to bring the wine into it. Um, <laughs> but you're, you're absolutely correct. Um, and I, I, you bring up another great point, which someone else, I think it was um, uh, Philip Pape, when he was on the show from Wits and Weights, he, he brought up not, not really, it may have been him, somebody else, but it may have, it's not always what you eat or when you eat, but it's, it's why and how you feel when you're eating. Like if, if we... Because I associated, I'll be honest with you, and I don't know how this turned into me interviewing myself and talking about all my <laughs> secrets, but um, I, I, she's I, a I, coach. She, 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 <laughs> you're really good. You're really good. People go talk to Cheryl. Um, I, I remember like it, it, regardless of what the emotion was, like if I was happy, I ate. If I was sad, I ate. If I was stressed, I really ate. Um, and you're absolutely right. Like I knew that hamburger and fries and milkshake, I shouldn't be eating this. I, sh- I shouldn't, I, I, I shouldn't, unless it's, you know, one off here and there. Like we're not telling you not to eat those things, but like every, three or four times a week for lunch, like, and you know, there's no amount of exercise I could do. I'm not Michael Phelps that could burn that, um, the, the, that calorie intake and I, I remember under starting to understand how awesome the human body is when 
my body was used to eating late at night. It was used to stress eating. It was used to all that, all those those calories before before bed. And once I made that switch and said, I'm not going to eat after six or seven o'clock, and I'm going to, and believe me, the first two three days it was horrible. It was terrible. But within that week, my body got used to it really quickly.、Um, And the human body is amazing, and it wants to be fueled. It wants to be able to have those calories for,、um, you know, for any kind of exertion. You know, your brain wants the carbohydrates. Your muscles want the proteins. You know, all the stuff that you need. It wants the macronutrients. But,、um, it, you know, once you get to a point, and we, you and I can say this out loud, like you and I can talk another hour about this, but. Where you come in, like people have to find the why. They have to find that because it does, it does you no good to to be in a place where okay, six months I'm gonna lose fifty pounds. I'm gonna restrict my diet. I'm gonna、um, force myself to do this, 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 and this. And that six months is over. And I'm speaking from experience too, where you look in that mirror and you're like, okay. I may have lost the weight, but I still see that same person. I still see that same person. I haven't done anything. And, and for a person like you who works on transformation and works on progress and helping people get, you know that feeling. Like you understand. Like you came from accounting. Like you were in such an analytical, structured space, and you said. I see something different for myself, and I want to help people with it. So you, like you, you can help people with that transformational attitude. And and it's on that point. It's really it's it's mindset、mm-hmm. and the mindset work that is the most important when it comes to any of these any of these changes. You know, I've had the odd client who's come to me who is. Super, super can-do attitude, high achieving, and they've just fallen off the wagon, and they have、um, just stopped prioritizing themselves. And they've come to me. I've told them what to do. They've just followed it like a checklist, and they are. After three months, they are rearing to go, and they are amazing. But that is the very, very minority because. So often, it's just the mindset of somebody being stuck in this old version of themselves that is no longer serving them with these habits and these behaviors, where they are, you know, not prioritizing themselves. They're not putting healthy boundaries in place,、um, you know. And I'm talking. I mean, my target market is is midlife women, where working. Young kids, older kids, aging parents, and ha- have generally been pigeonholed into the caretakers, and they just put themselves last, and they feel too bad to put themselves first. So a lot of the work is around the mindset and trying to support them to actually step into this empowered version of themselves. So that they can very easily make the choice to have the protein and veggies for lunch, as opposed to just snacking on the kids' leftover sandwiches because that's all they deserve. 
I, I, I'm sure none of the mothers listening right now have ever just snacked on the kids' leftovers while they had three minutes to eat during the. I'm sure no, no, no mother has ever done that. <laughs> uh, done that. Ne- never, never. Um, and, um, and and I do understand that you um, you definitely you, your focus is uh, not your focus, but you, you work a lot with women, like you said, in, in, in midlife and mm-hmm. and even women getting close to that that perimenopause and menopause. But um, something you mentioned in your website, and I'd be remiss if I did not ask this question, what is the midlife muffin top? Can you explain that for me, please? (laughs) So one of the main reasons why women end up freaking out in midlife, like they they don't pay attention to the fact that they are a hell of a lot grumpier, that they are more tired. They just expect that life goes that way. But the thing that really starts to bother them is – that women start to accumulate extra belly fat around the middle as their hormones start to change in the lead up to menopause. And there are a number of reasons why that happens. Um, Stress is a huge contributor and I can actually attest to that myself, even though like I'm quite small and I exercise all the time and I eat very well. I've had a very stressful last year and I felt this extra accumulation, even though I was doing all the things. So it is a real thing that happens. And, you know, I so often see that that's the catalyst for change in women because they no longer feel like themselves purely from an aesthetic Mm -hmm. standpoint. And, you know, it's really just good lifestyle practices with much more of a focus on, stress management and recovery that women in our modern day life are used to doing because you know our calendars are packed we say yes to everything so there's actually we always on and I don't I don't think that women and men actually quite appreciate the cognitive fatigue we're under and how much extra stress juggling all the balls um actually puts on our on our bodies and I, I i think i'm correct when i say this there's, there's really not i don't know if women have the same thing as men like a dad bod right now is is in i don't know i don't know if it's in i don't believe it but maybe it is um i've done my best not to have a dad bod i'm not listen i'm not shaming you if you got a little extra around the waist i'm not doing that but you mentioned like the the stress and that aesthetic guidelines and, and pressure that women have, like it's everywhere. It literally is everywhere. And you'll see even, uh, you know, models or superstars will, will say, oh man, I'm, I, and they're pinched their skin. Won't even pinch their fat. They'll pinch their skin and be like, oh, I'm just getting so fat. And it's like, you're, you're not helping anybody with that. Like you're not, you're not doing it. And at no point are, are we telling people that they, they shouldn't, you know, um, they shouldn't, you know, like their own or love their own bodies. You definitely should. But, you know, once we once that waistline starts expanding, especially due to stress, we start talking about high blood pressure and we start talking about uh, heart disease and we start talking about the increase of, of heart attacks. And, and we know now that heart attacks manifest in women differently than absolutely they do huge in men. yeah yes. yeah so 
even if you're one of those people that's like, oh, I just love my body. I'm good. Like, it's always great to pay attention to when did this fat accumulation start and why? Because if you're just living your life and having fun and drinking and, and whatever and, and, and food, that's one thing. And I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying that's one thing. But if you're accumulating that stuff because of stress, like what are some things that people can do to at I'm not going to say we cannot eliminate stress from our lives. We cannot do that. So that that should never be a goal to eliminate stress. But what can people do to at least kind of counteract that stress or decompress after a long day? What are some things that you help people with? So I love coaching my clients to implement daily routines. So, you know, having a morning routine that is not grabbing your phone first thing in the morning, but it's actually setting you up for the day. So whatever whatever works for you, like I give my clients, you know, a mindset menu. So these, I'd like you to try these on because once again, there's no one size fits all. Some people love to journal, other people love to meditate. Some people like to do sun salutations outside, you know, but it's, it's these very healthy practices in the morning that can help, um, balance the nervous system and then help you to step into your day with intention and a positive mindset. So gratitude, the, all the research is there. So, you know, even just having a, a gratitude practice morning and evening could really help somebody move forward in, from a stress management standpoint, you, breathing. Yeah. So, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say that you, the, the, the word finally came out and I'm, I'm glad you said it was, was intention. And um, I'm glad you mentioned, I did not mean to cut you off, but right when I heard that, it, it, it all kind of came full circle for me because um, what have we, we've been talking about the why and helping people with the mindset and you're talking about the whole person, not just, you know, physical health, not just mental health, not just spiritual health, not just emotional health, not just relationship health, but you're talking about the whole person. And I think that, that is the part a lot of people don't get either intentionally or unintentionally is the intent part of it. They don't understand. They don't, I don't know if understand is the word, but they don't realize how important that is um, because that starts to help them in this process and get them moving and going. And, you know, if some, you could probably coach somebody, like you mentioned the person, you probably coach somebody be like, Oh, you want me to go work out and stay active and, and be grateful and, and, you know, eat healthy. I, I can do all that. That's fine. And, but let's be honest, that's, that's not the majority of people, the majority of people, they, they come to you for a reason. They literally come to you for a reason and you have to help them with that intent part of it. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's with these, and I'll be perfectly honest that this whole, um, like I'm, I'm somebody that just likes to go, go, go. And so my work has been to slow down and to really embody these practices and to, you know, match the intensity of output because I've got young kids, I'm building my business. I'm, you know, I've, I want to exercise. I want to do all the things, but I can't if I don't have adequate amounts of recovery. And so that recovery comes through consistent daily routines whereby, you know, you're doing a little bit and it doesn't have to, we all time poor. So, you know, 
the, the issue that some people face is that, okay, I need to do a morning routine of an hour, an evening routine of an hour, and I need to do like, I don't know, an hour of meditation during the day. Like, it's not going to happen. So it's, you have to break it down. So if you can do like five minutes of stillness, or two minutes of stillness, getting some morning light in the morning and saying three things that you're grateful for as and maybe setting your intention for the day, like that would be a significant step forward in terms of setting you up for the day rather than grabbing your phone first thing, seeing a horrible email from a boss or seeing the news, which just sends us all off in a bit of a spin anyway. And then evening routine... It does yeah. totally. I mean, I don't even watch the news anymore. You can judge me if you like, but it's just I don't either. It's I, too don't either. Uns- I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a safe space. <laughs> um, and then e- evening routine, same thing. It's like, what can you do to say goodbye to the day? You know, so many people have this ruminating mind, which just adds to stress and inflammation in our body. But if you can do a practice whereby you write down all the things that that happened what you learned from the day, like it's if something went wrong on the day, it's an opportunity to learn. So what did you learn from the day, but also what went well and what were you grateful for for the day? So you're kind of getting all of the stuff out of your head onto paper and closing the door on the day and then maybe finishing off with a, you know, five-minute meditation before you go to sleep. Amazing. If you love essential oils, rub some on, you know, done. But it's this, to your point, it's about the intention. Um, And then another thing that we can do through the day is if you're feeling like you've got a heightened stress response, just utilize the breath. You know, box breathing used by the Navy SEALs, four breaths in, hold for four, out for four, hold for four, you know, a few rounds of that, calm, focus, like using things that are free and available and effective you know, through the day is, it's, I I call it, we've got our stress bucket. And through the day, we get things that just add, we just get stress added to our stress bucket. So if we want to thrive in this world where, to your point, it's stressful, we need to keep on doing things that are proactively taking stress out of the stress bucket. And I, I, I think all of that is great. And I, I, I literally just gave that feedback to someone last night who who texted me out of the blue about just taking a moment to breathe um and um you do it the right way whether you're going to do 10 deep breaths in and and, and 10 deep breaths out or or the method that you uh that you uh talked about it's the the oxygen that comes into us changes our emotional state almost immediately almost and people don't believe it until they i didn't believe it until i started doing it myself um, but before, before I, I get into how people can, can contact you and a little bit about your website, I, one question I love to ask coaches and people who are in your space is what do you say to the person who literally says, literally says out loud, I just don't have time for this. I don't know when I'm going to have, I mean, you mentioned yourself that, of course, you're a mother, you're trying to start a business. There's plenty of stuff that you're doing in your life. But to the person who, who wants help, who wants coaching, who wants mentorship, and then you kind of talk to them and say, I, just, I don't know when I'm going to have time to do any of this. Like, what do you say to that person? 
there is there is never a right time but the whole purpose of going through a health transformation is that you are increasing your energy increasing your capacity so that you can ultimately do more but it's somebody you know if somebody is the reason why people say no is because they are that generally is because they are scared of failing they are scared to try in case they fail because they failed in the past or perhaps they don't trust that I can guide them to it so I try and just unpack their fear is it really the time and maybe it is maybe they've just given birth and like you know they're a new parent and actually it's not the right time so it's really just about unpacking where they're at and seeing what their true fears are and helping to alleviate those fears through my process through you know how I'm going to be showing up for them through my client success stories all of that and you know ultimately if they can't get over the fear then you know that's that's just where they will need to stay and you know I'll can send them off off loving me there are so many people where I've taken on their story and I've really taken it to heart because I know that I can help alleviate their suffering and they they can't see this image of how healthy and vibrant they could be on the other side if they just did these few things but but this is their story so I've learned through the years to just to detach like I can do what I can do to help them to feel empowered and educate them but ultimately like they're the ones who have to I can't do the steps for yeah. them and that kudos to you because it takes that 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 tells me a lot about you and a lot about your coaching because some people would take that personally some people would say no we're going to do this but you you have to understand I I think people might say think of that as cold or as you know uh, very rigid but then the day like you have a life to live and you're only the coach and I don't say only in a negative way you can't like I tell the girls when I coach them in soccer I can't go in the field and score the goals I can't go in the field and sprint I can't do that like I can't part of me wants don't get me wrong when I'm out there coaching a part of me literally wants to get out but it'd be weird for an adult male to be playing soccer against nine-year-old girls. But, but you can be the biggest cheerleader. I you can, can be the biggest yes. cheerleader. Like I did a I did a, a post recently because um like this just a this this just was a real representation of what coaching is to me and how I try and show up for my clients is that I went I was away recently with my brother. We went on this hike half of the track was washed away because it was flooding. So there was this like sheer drop that I had to navigate and I am so scared. And so he's like a mountain goat and he just hopped his way across. And I was like petrified. I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get across here? And he like, and he coached me through it. And I was so scared, but I'm like, what am I going to do? Am I going to turn back and call my parents to come and pick me up? No. I'm going to keep going because he trusted that I could do it and he believed that I could do it and he just gave me very clear step-by-step -step instructions. He had his arm outreached in case I slipped and I just did it step-by-step -step, even though I was so scared and that was really such a representation of 
what I how I show up for my clients is that I have full belief that they can do it and I'm there when they falter because of course it's life and you know you slip and you fall off the wagon but I'm there and I pick them up and we learn from it and we move forward but it's that clear direction and unwavering belief in their ability to do it that is the most powerful thing about coaching I love it. I love it. And uh, I, I appreciate you saying that because that is, that, that's great. Um, and so your website, I want to make sure the correct, is it, it's ytvhealthcoaching.com, correct? Is that, is that the website? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely yes. gorgeous website. Absolutely wonderful website. Um, and I, is that a beach in Australia or in South? Where are you? Yes. Uh, okay. Very, I, I, I mean, yeah. so when, when people it's go to the Manly, web, the Northern beaches. Oh, it's, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. So when people go to the website, what can they expect when they get there? What kind of uh, stuff can they, can they expect to see when they go to your website? So it's a lot about my story. So they can get comfortable that I have worked through and overcome a lot. And, you know, that's the authentic person that I am. So you'll get to know a bit more about me. And so my coaching programs is very much I work with people through over a period of time and it's all very much tailored towards them and their particular health goals, functional medicine, testing included, looking at things like gut health, toxicity, hormones, etc. And it really is holistic in nature, all of my programs, regardless of the length of time we spend together. So it's nutrition, movement, stress management, detox, gut health, emotional health, mindset or all of the things um that we cover together to help somebody achieve their 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 goals yeah and definitely go check this out again it is y as in the letter y tv healthcoaching.com her name is cheryl carroll c-o-r-r-o-l-l where else can people find you online and learn more about your story yes so i'm on instagram at your underscore tiny underscore voice that's the name of my business your tiny voice i, lo- I love that and it's all- i love that i love that so much your tiny <laughs> voice that is that's great that is great sorry <laughs> it's oh it's awesome i love it i love it um because it is a tiny voice and we make it really big but go ahead go yeah on. I apologize. um yeah so that's instagram facebook ytvhealthcoaching.com and I post videos like every single day, lots, lots and lots of content. I run a lot of, I've got, or on my YouTube as well. Um, I don't even know what that's called. Um, anyway, but I am on YouTube as well. You can search um, Your Tiny Voice. And I've got, because I've, I've more recently also niched into supporting people with autoimmune. So I've got lots of masterclasses and everything around, you know, women's health, autoimmune, etc. That is great. And she does have a link tree that she can go to at her Instagram page. And um, Cheryl, this has been great. I really feel like you and I could have like three or four more discussions on specific things that you work with people with. But I'm sure you are, um, as you mentioned, very, very busy. And no one wants to talk to me that much. Anyway, not even my kids. So um, I'm kidding. I would love to. We can definitely organize another chat. (laughs) That would be great. I would would really love that. I would love that. I think um, because... If you, I'm not going to give it all away, but please go to the website. Um, she has Facebook groups. She posts uh, a lot, posts videos. 
has a lot of information for, like we talked about, that midlife muffin top, which I'm not going to say I'm not going to read it, but I'm not going to say I, I am. I'll probably be there reading it. But um, <laughs> Cheryl, thank you so much. I appreciate it. This has been awesome. Um, you take care of yourself and we'll talk to you later, okay? Okay, bye. Thank you, as always, for listening to the 6AM Run podcast. Again, I am your host, Mark Paisant. Please like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of this amazing content. If you can, we would love if you left us a review. Remember to follow us online and use hashtag 6AM Run to connect with the greatest group of runners and fitness enthusiasts in the world.